This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back to Get Psyched, everyone. I know I say this every week, but I am so excited for today's conversation. I am sitting down with one of my closest friends and one of my best teachers on this planet, Mike Salemi. Mike has taught me things about movement, medicine, community, and connection. Mike is both a kettlebell and Bulgarian bag master. He's a combo practitioner, and more than anything, he is an absolute legend. Mike walks through this world with such a force and such a caring force and takes the concept of masculinity, turns it on its head, and shows what it means for a warrior to cry. Let that sink in. It is okay to be strong and be afraid. It is okay to be a warrior and cry. Mike knows how to marry the worlds of masculinity and vulnerability so well, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear today's show. If you want to work with Mike, whether that's from a movement or medicine standpoint, be sure to check out the show notes. I've linked everything there, how you can get a hold of him. And while you're in the show notes, you're already an Apple podcast, please head over and give the show a five-star rating and review. I read every single review that comes in. They absolutely warm my heart. And it helps boost the show to the top of the charts and get new listeners involved. So if you have a second, please, please, please give the show a rating and review. I will be so excited and so happy. Can't wait for them to come in. And until that review comes in, enjoy the show. You started saying um, after a ceremony in Austin with the boys that you just hosted Mm -hmm. was you had had a big realization. So the realization was, so when when you, I think you were, you were saying like uh, medicine man, Mike, and I was like, Whoa, there's some resistance there. (laughs) Take it easy. Take it easy. (laughs) And you know, that I think just stems from my own like internal resistance to thinking that this work that I'm doing right now is um, never really thought it was for me. Right. And I'd love to share more on that. But like when it comes to like labels, like I'm very, uh, I really don't like labels, you know, I've been labeled the kettlebell guy, I've been labeled the Bulgarian bat guy and the combo guy now or whatever. And I'm just like, I'm just Mike. I'm just Mike. <laughs> I'm just Mike. I love coffee. <laughs> I love hugs, you know, uh, I love sauna training. And, um, but one thing that came up out of that retreat when I was really sitting with that was, um, if I were to give myself like, uh, I, a title or whatever. I just felt like I'm a man of the medicine mm. and I do my best with, with all medicine, especially combo, which I feel so connected to, to serve it via sacred ritual and to bring people into a safe container. And I think the ritual aspect is probably what I enjoy most. And like when I look at other things in my life, as you already know, like how I make coffee or how I train, like sauna, all these things, I do not like to be rushed at all. I don't rush anything. It's very rare that I rush anything. And because I'd love to tap in, tune in, feel into exactly what's happening. And so that part of it now I realize is just like a natural transfer into medicine work because Mm -hmm. it's so much about ritual and it's so much about being present and it's so much about intention. So, um, Maybe man of the medicine feels not medicine man. <laughs> not Mike. Me- no, no, no. <laughs> I hope you know that'll be the title of this oh, podcast geez. Oh, geez. now. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um, so before we go too far into it, um, I know you were saying the kettlebell mic, the Bulgarian bag mic, these different things. What has your progression into man of the medicine been? <laughs> um, yeah, it started with movement, 100%. Like so many things in, in my life all started from competitive sports to f- like seeking whoever could teach me as much as I can learn about physical movement, physical performance. So whether that was in gymnastics, powerlifting, Olympic weightlifting, kettlebell sport, and then just working with clients who are athletes in all different sports, like uh, I love movement and I love performance. And even though like the physical was probably what attracted me most, um, 
man, what I started realizing as I started learning more and really just maybe just being more curious about what's happening on the inside and how that reflects and, and influences things on the outside and vice versa. I was like, wow, this is so much more than just a physical practice. Mm -hmm. Like this is a, a, an emotional practice, a spiritual practice, a mental practice. And, um, one of my mentors was uh, very big into medicine work. And so he introduced me to some of the medicines, plant medicines. And what I realized and what I got out of it was so much more meaningful than I ever could have imagined. Mm -hmm. And combo specifically, combo was told to me, which is now the medicine that I serve. It was expressed to me as a performance medicine. Mm. And, and like they, in the tribes in South America, they would use it as a hunter's medicine or a warrior's medicine. They would use it to increase vitality, uh, boost the immune or balance the immune system, probably better said, um, remove toxins from the body, increase stamina. And I was like, they were using it for hunting. I was like, but I can use it for kettlebell sport. You Hell know? yeah. Which is funny. And we can get into this a little bit uh, further in the show. But when I think about combo, it's like... Nothing about violently purging <laughs> sounds like it's getting you ready for battle. <laughs> so I'd love to hear hear the thought behind that. But. Yeah, it's an it's intense. You know, it is it is. I would say probably one of the more, if not the most, like intense, um, like natural indigenous medicines there is. But the interesting thing about it is it's very short. So it's mm -hmm. twenty to forty minutes. It's non psychoactive. It's not illegal. But uh, like the warrior spirit that I would say it takes to sit with it. And, and one thing that I'm realizing is like in every intro talk. So anytime anyone sits with me, I hop on a phone call with them, learn a little bit about them. They have some paperwork to fill out. And then I answer, do like a whole kind of Q and a uh, session. So that way when someone sits, they have all the information that they need. They feel very comfortable. Their questions have been answered. And one of the things that I share is, you know, um, traditionally how it was used, mm -hmm. the hunter's medicine, it was also used to help uh, with malaria and snake bites, as well as to help people through tough transition points in their life, like when you feel stuck. And when it gets when I get to the point around the warrior medicine, I, I share that and how it was used by the tribes. But one of the things that's really interesting is like when I if I don't how do I say, especially with men because I do work a lot with men and and now I'm facilitating for like men's retreats a lot. Um, when you say warrior, they, 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 and parts of me too, like want to posture up and want to go in and just crush it and take as much as you can. And it's like, for me, that's not the warrior I'm talking about. It's like where the, where courage is, is where strength meets vulnerability. Mm. And so it's, it's what I found is it, unless I share like a little bit about the, the power and the, and the transformation that can come through the vulnerability aspect, the warrior, um, a lot of people tend to attack it or meet it with resistance and, and they tend to hold a little bit more. So yes, it is a warrior medicine, but that definition of a warrior um, is a lot more than just someone who goes into battle. It's, it's, it's like um, being courageous and being willing to step into the unknown and being willing to look at some of the scary things. Like for me, that's a warrior. That is, is, is truly. And when I see men specifically or just people, uh, coming at it with that and with intention and meeting the medicine, it's like, it's so beautiful and blows my heart wide open every single time. And and even though how combo works is um, like there are similar aspects from person to person, it's so individually unique mm -hmm. and everyone has a unique experience that uh, I truly am humbled and learn so much every single time that I sit and serve. So it's really cool. Yeah. So for people who haven't heard of combo or are not familiar with the medicine, what is it exactly? So combo is a, um, it comes from the secretion of a particular type of tree, tree frog found in the upper Amazon basin. Uh, the name of the frog is called Philomedusa bicolor. Philo means um, uh, leaf, medusa means guardian, and then bicolor is two colors. So if you look at it, it's a really pretty um, like a really pretty and colorful frog. And basically they take the secretion from this frog and the frogs come out. They've been doing this for thousands of years. They come down from the trees. The people who are cultivating it will sing to the frogs. Mm -hmm. They come down and then, um, they kind of, from my understanding, they agitate the hands and the feet. And when they tickle the hands and the feet, <laughs> <laughs> they secrete the, their secretion. 
And this secretion is pretty unique because it also is like sunscreen for the frogs. And so if you ever see a video um, on YouTube, they'll typically be putting it around their arms, around their legs. And uh, what people will do is they'll collect it. And usually they come in the form of sticks. Like, I mean, all sticks are different sizes that, that they'll come on, but maybe like an inch width by five or six inches long. And a lot of tribes will take the first secretion from it. And the way it's applied is you'll actually do a super, burn the superficial layer of skin. So you'll take like a little inset type like device or a unit. You'll burn the tippy top layer of skin. You clean it and then you take the combo or the secretion with a little bit of water and then you apply it directly there. And that's how it works with a lymphatic system. And as you mentioned, like uh, violent, I think you said violent vomiting. <laughs> I said so, purging. Purging, purging. <laughs> so... The, the most probably common form of purging with combo is vomiting. But as you super well know, like purging can come in any way, shape or form, a lower bowel purge, shaking, crying, laughing. And in my experience, if there's anything that combo works very well with, if there's one, maybe, I don't even know if I would say universal theme, but it's very good with the theme of letting go. Mm. And so if there's something you're ready, willing to release, uh, let go of, transmute, transform, uh, overcome. If you bring that intention with it, um, it can be a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful tool that can support. And it is really a tool like when, you know, it's, it's like with all the medicines, it's not for everyone and it's not for everyone at uh, any given point in time. But for someone that is drawn to it, it has been used for thousands of years as a cleanse, as uh, a vitality medicine. Um, and it's just, it's so beautiful. Like it, it really, really is beautiful and powerful. It absolutely sounds that way. You make it sound so ethereal and like beautiful. And I've also like watched circles and been like, whoa, that's intense. That's really intense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the things I love that you talked about was this juxtaposition between the warrior spirit or the warrior mentality and the vulnerability that's also needed in that space. Mm -hmm. So how do, especially working with men and people who may be hyper-masculine, do you introduce them to the power of vulnerability? Well, that's a really good question. Um, I think as, as best as I can, um, I do my best to embody that. So I don't like, how do I say like, I'm, I'm not afraid of crying in front of men. And like a lot of times if there's a topic that we're talking about or when I'm on the phone with them and they're kind of sharing or maybe they ask my experience, like I'm, uh, I'm very willing, you know, especially if I feel safe. And, and a lot of that is the container that I set and the people that are there. And so I think just being open and willing to go into that place myself mm -hmm. and having been there is like, it sets the tone and there's just like, uh, one thing that people have common is like they feel really safe in the containers that I set. And that for me is the number one thing, no matter what it's like for someone to be open, willing, courageous enough to be vulnerable, the safety has to be created. And I say like my role as a practitioner of combo is always three things. First and foremost, to, uh, make sure the person is safe and to help create an environment of safety for them. Uh, the second thing is to hold space for them to express and experience whatever it is that they need to do. And so if screaming or yelling or whatever it is, it just, you know, taking someone to the bathroom or whatever it is uh, that I'm holding space for them to have whatever healing experience that they need to have or mm -hmm. want to have and is open to having. And then the third thing is is simply like if someone is stuck during an experience, like they're hitting a wall or they're having difficulty, there are certain tools and techniques that I can utilize to help kind of like push a little bit. Um, uh, sometimes it may be something that I say or also things like sage. Like a lot of times I will be blowing sage into your face, which is actually very unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> and what I always say is like, uh, you're probably not going to like me during the ceremony. If you're going to be full with a lot of water, because typically you drink a lot of water beforehand, uh, which is helps like carry, you know, any of the purging that, that will happen. I and asked you if I could have a beer bong for mine. <laughs> <laughs> this little, is the only first. way I can get this much water down, Mike. Oh my God. That'll be, that'll be a first. <laughs> um, it's a lot of water. And um, so you may be, you're likely going to be very, like super full. 
And so when you're super full, you're uncomfortable, you're maybe feeling a little nauseous and sick, you've got good old Mike over there saying, Lindsay, half a more cup or like take, take just three gulps. And so it's just interesting. But if someone is stuck, you know, that can really help. But in terms of the vulnerability, um, I think honestly, the, the, the main thing that I just focus on is just trying to let help people feel comfortable in the space, feel welcome, like family, create that safety. And, um, and if, if, if like, how do I say sometimes, you know, with, with these medicines, it's like the first time it can be like, just like a little crack that opens up. Mm-hmm. And then every time maybe you sit or you continue this work on your own without medicine, it's like those cracks open up and open up and open up. And sometimes it takes a long time for someone to be willing to be vulnerable, to feel safe to be vulnerable and to, um, kind of just be curious about what's happening on the inside and let that kind of guide. So it's different for everybody and at whatever level they're open and ready. But I would simply just say just someone's willingness to sit with something like combo and go through that experience. The experience in and of itself is a vulnerable experience. Mm -hmm. Like you're releasing a lot, you're opening a lot and so that in and of itself is incredibly vulnerable. So um, as long as the safety is there uh, or to the best of my ability, help, you know, fostering that safety for the person and, and how safe they feel within themselves. Um, that's really, I think, the most important thing. I have experienced that safety with you. <laughs> Let's hear it. The Let's first hear time. It. So, um Oh, my gosh. We were laughing about this before because you were <laughs> up in Arnold um, at Lauren's cabin mm-hmm. and I had been up visiting my folks in a neighboring town and told them I was going to a dinner party and I like came over with some steaks and my mom was so worried. She was like, Lindsay, if you drink too much tonight, just <laughs> stay there or call me. And I'm like, mom, it's really not that kind of party. She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But if you drink too much, stay there. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I get there. And we did a hoppe meditation yeah. and I'm kind of giggling. So I'm like, my mom thinks I'm getting wasted. <laughs> and meanwhile, we're having this sacred <laughs> ritual with a sacred tobacco. And you served Lauren and I kind of, it was my first experience with hoppe and I watched and I was like, okay, there's, you know, it's not intense in the same sense as combo, but there is some bit of it that's uncomfortable mm-hmm. and something that you kind of have to to lean into and so I watched you serve Lauren I was like okay I can do that like that looks manageable and you got to me and (laughs) I don't know what happened (laughs) but I did not take it as gracefully (laughs) and I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna die I'm gonna die right here on the floor my mom's thinking that I have alcohol poisoning and meanwhile I'm just dying from this spiritual experience and I remember looking at you and you set your hands on my knees and we were just there for me and we made eye contact and you walked me through it and my breathing returned back down to normal and I finally grounded back into the space and then like like the mic I know you go <laughs> are you ready for the next serving <laughs> the and other nostril yeah. <laughs> the other nostril and I was like shit <laughs> yep here we go but just in that moment from my own experience with you and then experiencing your energy, I don't think I would have said yes to nostril number two to anyone else in that, in this world. So Mm. the ability for you to hold that space for someone, I can tell you firsthand is, is there. So thank Thank you you. for that. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. That means, yeah, that means a lot. It means a lot. I am curious, especially having competed at such high levels in sport, um, being a Bulgarian bag and kettlebell master. I I think that's the right term. I'll use master either way. Um, Was your ability to embrace and sit in vulnerability innate or was that something that you had to be introduced to and learn to lean into? Mm, I think growing up there, there's definite an innate aspect. Like I've always, I would, I would say I've always been like heart centered and like very connected to that. And I would say, uh, as much as I, there's certain aspects of my life that I can be very analytical, like program design and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like my heart really runs the show. 
And so from a kid, like I still remember like in elementary school, like just being very heart centered in certain things that how I would make decisions. And so I think that was always there. And also too, like I'm Sicilian. So like (laughs) (laughs) when I look at like members of my family, they're very colorful, very passionate, like very like whatever's on their heart, they will say. And, uh, but I definitely think through this work and through the intention setting and, uh, checking in, like I've always, I've always had this, um, practice of checking in, like, and that's always just me kind of talking to myself and doing my best to have an honest conversation with how am I feeling? What's really coming up? What am I unhappy with? What am I happy about? And so I didn't ever really realize that, but that's been a part of me for a long time. And then when you, you know, through this work, it's really just taken, I would say, um, the ritual, the intention setting, the checking in, the reflection after, the integration after. So it's just like magnified that that heart-centered approach. And so um, it's been a part for a while, but it's definitely been something that I've been nurturing. Yeah, it seems definitely a very difficult task when in society there's a lot of room to be chastised, especially as a male, for being vulnerable. Mm. And I feel like there's a lot of odds stacked against you or, you know, societal constructs or sport or anything else in between that to nurture that seems like it's being knocked at every corner, every opportunity. Mm. Um, How have you kind of rolled with those punches and stayed true to that vulnerability? That's such a good question because I definitely, I don't get too much like, I'm going to say backlash or like, um, but what I, there's definite there. Like if someone just sees me posting, like maybe the, I'll post a few kettlebell videos mm-hmm. and that's why they, they're following me. And then the next time I'm like, uh, posting a portion of a combo ceremony or like my hands on my heart or my hands on someone else's heart as I'm serving hot bay, whatever it is, uh, I understand, you know, people follow certain people for their given reasons. And so my content tends to be really varied. It's Mm -hmm. definitely heavily movement, but, uh, there's a lot of this type of inner work. And I just think like there's a deep level of, of knowing and of trust that I am moving in the direction that I'm moving. And through the things that I shared earlier, like the check-ins, the integration, like all that, I don't know if I felt more, sure that I'm where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to do and serving and who I'm supposed to serve and how I'm supposed to serve than I ever have been right now. Like there's a deep certainty in my gut, in my heart, in my mind. And I trust that above anyone's criticism or anything. And like one thing that I've really reflected on is, you know, movement's been my base Mm -hmm. for so long. And in the last few years, maybe like the last five or so years, medicine work has come in and now in recent years now serving. And it's like, man, I've just, to just teach movement now, like to just teach workshops or all that stuff does not give me one fraction of the sense of fulfillment of feeling on purpose as it would if I didn't include the medicine work as well. Mm. Medicine work has opened me up so much and given me so much joy, like to be of witness and of service and to hold space as someone else is going through a process is truly one of the biggest gifts I feel like I've ever been given. And so it's something that I hold very dear and I have tremendous respect for people who sit and also people who, um, trust me, you know, enough to, to sit. And so, um, I just trust that I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to be doing. And it seems to be confirmed, like the more that I'm sitting in terms of how it's feeling and uh, within me and, and, you know, hearing people reflect after. And um, I'm just, uh, I know I'm happier than I've ever been. And I'm just going to let that kind of guide the show. And so if it's met with resistance, then I also know and trust that that's likely that person's own stuff that they Mm. need to work out. And that's something within them because if it wasn't triggering them, like, or if, if, if there wasn't something within them that they either wish that they had and, or wanted to experience or didn't feel safe enough or didn't have the container or whatever, it wouldn't be triggering. Like when we see things that trigger us, it's typically because there's something within us that we need to look at. It's something that we're not looking at. So I kind of just, uh, let it kind of go. Um, but definitely sometimes it does hurt because people can be, you know, really mean, 
like really mean on, on social media and stuff. Mm -hmm. And what I put out and what I share as much as possible comes from a heart centered place. So I won't say that I'm like a robot and be like, Oh yeah. Like it doesn't affect me. It's like, no, this stuff does hurt. And if it hurts, that's also something that I can look at too. Mm. What is kind of the process like? Cause I would imagine post ceremony or post ritual, there's, a continued amount of learning things continue to come up people continue to process they might have a different way in which they are addressing that process now but what does post ceremony look like with you do people reach out do you continue to process with them so uh interesting that's like one of the things that i think is probably it's it's growing now and i think all medicine circles to my understanding is the focus on the integration work. Mm -hmm. Uh, so preparation before absolutely crucial and then integration as much, if not more important, like how do we take whatever it is, the lessons, the wisdom, the, the experience, whatever it is, how do we integrate it into our life? Um, and so it's not just this peak experience, let's say, or intense, whatever it is. It's like, and with combo specifically in my experience, it, it, some people will feel amazing the next day, but some people feel a little bit run down. But usually you might have some ahas or you might just feel a little bit different. But usually in the weeks that follow, um, I always tell people like pay attention to signs, like things, people coming into your, into your, your, your energy, whatever it is, people coming into your life, uh, things that come across your, your path, whether when you're walking, driving, pay attention to the symbols. And then uh, I definitely encourage any practice of like self-reflection and journaling. I will check in with people usually after the ceremony, the days after, sometimes in the weeks after, but a lot of their integration with combo specifically is I'll encourage them to, whether it's, you know, uh, kind of go on their own. It's not nearly as much as like as an ayahuasca mm -hmm. one, because it's not, uh, not that it's any less powerful. It's just different. It's non-psychoactive and stuff like that. When someone sits with combo, they're fully with it. You're right. fully conscious, you're there. And so it works a little bit differently, but whether it's journaling or working with someone, my support is usually just like a check-in call. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's something that goes fairly overlooked. And I know I've talked about it before on this show, but how many people can go into plant ceremonies, plant medicine ceremonies, and think that that's going to like solve the problem, right? I'm going to go sit with this medicine and... Mm be good to go. And I think that I appreciate and agree with you now that people have put more of an emphasis on integration. Um, but when we talk about these things, they can sound so alluring and so like the next best thing that's going to help me mm. level up. Um, have you experienced that with people coming and wanting it to be like a quick fix or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't happen too often in my circles. Like, um, yeah, it just doesn't happen because like I'll serve at retreats and then usually once a month or so, I'll do a very small circle here in my home. Mm -hmm. And anyone who comes in that circle is like a friend, a family, or like a specific recommendation from a dear friend. So they've kind of been like prepped and they're, you know, a good fit and, and they know what they want to get out of the experience but like I remember actually, I think it was on my first or second ever time I had received combo. Uh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so I was, it was me. I forget if it was two, if it was one or two other people, but definitely there, I think it was two other people. One was definitely a young gal and I was in, uh, in an apartment and it was being served in like the living room and uh, like first, first warning sign was like the, the, the gal had asked the practitioner, Hey, can I take out my phone and, and, and shoot some pictures? And I was like, Oh man. <laughs> and, uh, and I just stay, you know, stood back and the practitioner was like, uh, yeah, but just, you know, check with, you know, the others if they would like. And, you know, if, if it's agreed upon everyone, maybe they're, you know, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of any of that stuff unless like it's full agreement with everyone and it's done mindfully or this girl was just basically doing combo because she wanted to tell her friends and post on social media. There was a clear thing there. And so she was like shooting some pictures and then as soon as the like combo is a very good teacher. Like, combo <laughs> like um, you can have easier experience, but it's an intense like 
it will humble you very fast. Right. It will teach you to respect the medicine very quickly. And so she got on the medicine and, um, I mean, within like three minutes, she's like, take it off, take it off, take it off, take it off. And the practitioner is sitting next to her, talking to her calmly, like, are you sure? Like, like it is uncomfortable. So sometimes people do like, oh, this is intense. And I don't remember how many points she had of medicine, uh, but basically uh, she sat with it and was just like not even, she was basically there because she probably heard of it. She wanted to post about it, share that she had done it. Right. And uh, she got uh, what, she, like, I don't say what she deserved, but she basically got, you know, uh, she got humbled. And so uh, there are people that definitely do it for, you know, re like reasons like that. But if I would encourage, I don't think any of the medicines should be taken lightly whatsoever. Uh, prepare, you know, have your intention, treat them with respect, honor yourself because you're likely going to go through a pretty significant process. And uh, this gal was taking it very lightly <laughs> and uh, she didn't finish the ceremony. Yeah. I, it doesn't sound like the intention that would get you through. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so of the plant medicines, what was it about combo that drew you to it? Oh man. So the first time I sat with it, the next day, I felt like I could run through a brick wall. I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so vital, so clear, so grounded, so energetic. And I was like, wow, uh, I want to sit with this again. And so the first year I sat with it approximately twice, like six months apart. Mm -hmm. Cause usually like every six months I like to do some type of, uh, diet reset, like a paleo reset or a cleanse or something like that. Your most recent carnivore experience. My, my most recent carnivore experience is an example of that. And I was like, huh, maybe this will be like a cleanse for me physical. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and then all of a sudden at that time I was traveling like so frequently teaching like six to nine months out of the year I was on the road and I always had a very weak immune system. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I had fungal, uh, fungal parasite, bacteria infections, uh, stomach ulcers, um, wasn't breastfed. Like my, I was at a, I would say a slight disadvantage just in terms of that stuff. And what I noticed is when I would travel within one to th uh, maybe like three to five days of being on the road, I would get sick. Mm. And so when I was traveling and I was teaching and sleep could be a little bit off, I was like international going one, two, three weeks consistent on the road. And I was like, wow, like I'm doing okay. Right. I'm not sick yet. I'm not sick. I can deal with this, this stress. Okay. And it, I was like, wow. Okay. Is it the combo? Is it something else? And so the next year I did it like once a quarter and I was like, you know, I feel really connected to this and I don't know why. And then all of a sudden I was like curious. I was like, I wonder if I can share this with people. Like I feel it's really benefiting me. And I think people in my circle would probably be really interested who are interested in self-development, personal growth, uh, athletic performance, performance in general. And then the next year I was like, but it's not for me. I can't serve. Mm. I have no place serving. That's that's for South American tribesmen. Who who what, you know, what place do you have? All these self-limiting beliefs. But it just kept coming up stronger in dreams, um in other medicine ceremonies, every time I would sit and then I started seeing frogs everywhere. Everywhere. From <laughs> I would go and Lauren could tell you the story, I would go see her like I hung out with her in San Diego one time when she was taking a course she's at an Airbnb and the whole doorknob and like the uh, doorbell is a frog and like I'm in Italy and you see this frog right here on my uh, uh, yeah. altar here I'm in Italy teaching staying at a friend's house and right by my bed there's a frog statue and figurine and they're everywhere and I'm like huh maybe this is a sign so that year I sat with it once a month and my goal was to really develop a closer connection with it and really uncover the deeper reason of why. Was it coming from an ego place mm. or is it truly coming from a place that I feel connected to it, that I, I want to serve, I want to help and genuinely coming from a heart center place. And every time it just got like stronger and stronger and I was like, okay, let's go to training. And even if after training, if it's just to serve myself, and my family, then it's well worth it. And it just kept getting stronger and stronger. And so, yeah, what started as a physical and not really believing that it was for me, 
now it's it's really what the the one thing that probably brings me the most joy in fulfillment, which is so crazy to think now, like uh, when I think about my background and where I came from, but um, it feels right. And I'm just trusting that. So when was that switch, that, that switch from the self-limiting belief of who are you to serve to this fulfills me and brings me so much happiness. And there's a lot of purpose behind that. Mm. I think the switch started maybe a year and a half, uh, maybe year and a half to two years ago when I started sitting monthly. But if I'm being fully honest and open, it probably wasn't until this last men's retreat where I facilitated. And I finally just, for whatever the reason, the space, uh, talking after hearing people's experiences and, and really just acknowledging like, hey, you're actually good at this. And mm-hmm. like, you, you, you do have the capacity and, and, and I would say like the reason for why I do it and, and really wanting to support people. Like I was like, and then the title or the quote title or whatever was like, <laughs> yeah, you're a man of the medicine. This, this is, and I'll always say in my like intro talks that I truly believe that when we are all showing up as us hundred percent fully Lindsay being a hundred percent Lindsay, Mike being a hundred percent Mike, that we are all medicine for each other. Mm. It doesn't have to be uh, a combo or anything. You don't have to do com- You don't have to do a- any medicines in your life. But if you're just being you, like what is, I think it was like Marion Will- Williamson, like you know, you being you or something like that gives permission for other people to be themselves. That's paraphrasing, but like it truly is a beautiful thing and it is so inspiring. So when you ask the question of like, how do I um, maybe like encourage vulnerability or, or set that it's like, if I'm being me, the heart centered Mike, the loving Mike, uh, the curious Mike, then that in and of itself is medicine for other people. And so we can just sit and hang out and we can get healing. We can, we can all heal just from being each other. And that's also why I do think, you know, there is a, a time and a place for one-on-one cer- uh, ceremonies, but what I've really realized over the years is what uh, a group, mm-hmm. what a circle, like the power of community. It's like in combo, everyone's like having their own experience. Like I don't interrupt that. I'm there if they need support, but it's really that person's connection with combo and no one else is interfering. Everyone's on their mat, but just energetically, like we are all there to support and be and, and, and to love and to open our hearts. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's been so interesting, but the power of community has been very powerful as well. Yeah. I think that that goes without saying with our friendship and, and I feel that energy between you all the time. How does something then like COVID that has come and ruined, I don't want to say ruined, but wreaked havoc on our communities. What do you think the long-term effects of something like that are? How do we come back from something like that? Dude, it's so devastating. Like it's, it's, that's the, at least in my eyes and my observation, like that's the real um, issue is just like the lack, the isolation, the lack of human connection. Like we need that as human beings. And so all throughout history, whether it was hanging out by a fire, telling stories, uh, even just giving a hug, like the power of a hug is just like, if you can think back to a time in your listing when someone you love, someone you know, gave you just the just a heart-centered hug, there it's an incredible feeling. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's touch or community or whatever, the events that I've gone to or or the retreats or whatever, like may, maybe like the activities are really cool, which is great. But truly, when you when you hear people's experience after, they all say, or nearly all of them say, the thing that stuck out the most was just being in community. And mm-hmm. so, um, I mean, I think the, you know, it, you can do it virtually, but it's not the same. Uh, although I will say I am impressed, like now having moved 100% virtual with in terms of the movement coaching and stuff like that, you certainly still can create some community and more so than I thought. I was like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. You certainly can, but there is something to be said from to about person-to-person interaction, connection, connection um, 
And so I think really the way we come back is to be courageous enough to go out again and like just know that you're probably doing more harm to yourself by staying in isolation for the long run than you are going out and expo like what do they say about kids like a kid, the even just the way a kid builds its immune system it plays in the soil it plays in the dirt you know that that's how they build all those you know their system up and so you know we we're living in a very sterile environment both emotionally and physically now and so i think it's going to take that courage to step out uh, and to create community. So if someone's listening and you have, you know, friends out there, like call them out for coffee, go out to eat with them, uh, especially as things lighten up, because I think each one of us, um, you know, the other, each one of us doing our part will add up in the long run. And that's also why when you think about, I was just thinking about like farmer's markets, like so many things have changed, but your relationship to the farmer, like we have to remember like where our food comes to create that connection uh, with the farmer growing it. And if we just stay home and, and even though it's more convenient about ordering from our laptop and I do do it or from our iPhones, but if there's a farmer's market around with you, keep going out because not only is it important to keep these guys in business, but even for ourselves Mm -hmm. to know, to see, to feel where our food comes from, I think is just so important for the evolution of, of us as human beings. Yeah. And to piggyback off of that, like we're talking about how kids learn and build their immune system through playing in the dirt, playing in the soil. We learn how to interact with other people by our Mm. nervous systems regulating to one another. Like if I'm fluttering around in the ethers and full of anxiety and you are a very grounded presence, me just being in your presence helps downregulate me. And we learn how to interact with others and, and co-regulate through that connection. And, um, I recently was, um, around a handful of people for new years and we were all really close friends. We hadn't seen each other for a long time and I was so grateful to be there. It felt so filling and so nourishing, but there was this moment of, wait, I have this muscle that I haven't worked out in a long time, Mm. this connection muscle. Like, how do I do that again? And I think we're only going to get to that place by allowing the connection to come back in and and practicing with it. Just like anything else, it's a practice. I totally agree. And I've definitely had my handful of awkward experiences. And awkward meaning like me. Like I felt awkward. I was like, (laughs) this is different. I know I haven't, I like, cause even at the beginning of COVID, uh, like, you know, I'm a big homebody mm-hmm. and I was always traveling and teaching and like legitimately I get my meat delivered to me and no farmer's markets were open at that time. So I don't even know, almost for five to six months, I did not leave my home at all. I didn't need to leave. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I love my space that I've created here. But when I went back out, even to see like my family and stuff, I was like, this is different and it felt really good and it felt really awkward. And so there's going to be a readjustment period for sure. And you're exactly right. I totally resonate. It's like a muscle that you have to train. And, uh, in order to create that stress and overcome that resistance, you have to put yourself into those situations. And that's, that's why so many of us, you know, gravitate towards athletics. Why so many people gravitate towards medicine is because, you know, there, there is, um, there's a, cha- a, a challenge presented and an opportunity for us to overcome that challenge and experience more connection, grow, be stronger, um, create, you know, a new identity for ourselves. And so if it feels uncomfortable um, and you're listening, I would say step into that or I would invite you to step into that because what is on the other side uh, likely is much more or can be more beautiful than, than the stress that you're experiencing right now. I just want to sit with that for a second because that's really profound for a lot of people to hear. Like if you're experiencing discomfort, what might it be like to lean into it? Mm. What might, what answers might be there? What growth, what healing might be there just to grant yourself the permission to feel uncomfortable for a second. Mm. Um, that, I mean, I think that that is so much of the work I do in therapy with people is, you know, you had these coping mechanisms or defense mechanisms to move you out of discomfort and back into regulation or back into comfort. But what if those systems are outdated? What if those coping mechanisms, what if you can honor it and thank it for the times that it kept you safe? Mm. 
And do you have the courage to explore if there's something different there? If that, if that sense of comfort or coping is still serving you or paying a disservice to your growth. Mm. Um, and it's really, I mean, again, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not perfect at that practice by any means. Um, there are still times when I'm like, yeah, I could, uh, be uncomfortable right now, or I could eat this extra large pizza <laughs> and not think anything of it. So I'm not sitting here to, to be preachy, but I think that there's, like you're saying, whether it's mental, emotional, physical discomfort, there's a lot to learn from it. Oh, I totally agree. And I love how you worded that. One thing that came up as you were sharing, it was uh, something that, that we do at the end of, of, of combo. And so if someone does have, let's just say a vomit purge, they go in a bucket, right? But then at the end of ceremony, we take the buckets and we give them back to the earth. And when you give it back to the earth and you dump the bucket there, I'll always encourage or invite people to say a prayer of thanks, you know, and just sit with what just happened to mm. honor it, to give it back to the earth so it can be recycled, but to really acknowledge and, and, and not just like, uh, not that you couldn't do this, but not just throw it down the toilet and just like, Oh, it didn't happen. It's like, no, like that is a sacred part of you that you are ready to, to let go of and honor it and sit with it and learn from it. And that, that is, you know, I always believe that as soon, when, as soon as someone makes the decision to sit with any medicine, the ceremony has started. Mm -hmm. And so it starts when you make that decision and it continues. It's, it's always, you know, I believe it's always with you. Um, and so that giving thanks for uh, the lessons and the teachings and the wisdom, I think is so, so important and not just to like uh, toss them up like they never happened. Right. Oh, thank God that's behind me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Made it through. <laughs> nailed it. Um, so what was the journey like from recognizing, um, kind of the, the flow state that came with movement or the deep understanding and deep knowing that came with movement and starting to transition that into medicine? Hmm. I think it, like if I, if I'm reflecting right now, I think it was, it was very natural. Like it, it didn't, um, I'm just thinking right now, like as an example in combo, when I serve medicine, like it, it could be, even though it's very short, like 20 to 40 minutes that the medicine's on a full ceremony, I'll typically tell people to a lot about four ish hours, mm -hmm. four, even to five hours between the talk, the intention setting, um, you know, if any questions come up also, there's like nap time after. So I make everyone <laughs> a bed because that's nap sleeping is very integrative. And so a lot of the integration happens in the sleep and then we have a meal together. Um, and what I noticed is, is like, uh, if I'm serving a group of two, one, two, up to, I think I've served up to 18 people in, in, in a day, which could be like seven, eight hours and you need assistance and stuff. But like my ability to, um, uh, endurance, I guess you could say like endurance and focus that I learned and as I've trained in sport to, you know, compete in a powerlifting competition where you're doing three lifts in a day to doing, uh, you know, kettlebell sport at a world championship level, or maybe one events on one day, the second events on another day. It's like that endurance to keep up that, in, that endurance, mental endurance, stamina, emotional endurance, physical endurance, what I found was it was very easy or really supported me when it came to this work uh, because I can sit down for hours and still hold, I would say, a fair bit of just like focus and like not get totally up in the clouds. And um, so that transition, I think, really, really helped. And like there's so many parallels between the lessons that we learn in the, in the gym or uh, in the physical realm and everything else, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual. And like, I think maybe I shared earlier, once I really started getting curious and looking deeper and I was like, like there truly is no separation between any of those. They're all integrated. And that's one thing that really attracted me to sport in general, because I knew that let's say in a holistic way of training, when you take care of your diet, you know, you're, you're looking at the inner world, um, and you're building your physical, everything has the potential to increase mm. together. So it's not just I get stronger in the gym and, and I don't know, 300 pounds or 400 pounds feels lighter. It's like, no, your confidence, what you learn about yourself, your failures, um, teamwork, if you're in a team sport, like all those things all rise together. And so um, I think it was just a, a very easy transition, like that zone that you get in or those experiences. It's there, There's... 
almost like a lot more maybe similarities than there are differences. Mm -hmm. And so when you can look at it maybe from a bird's eye perspective, you'll start seeing that like uh, the inner work supports the outer work, the outer work supports the inner work, and it's all, you know, connected. So it was a, it was a pretty easy transition to go from one to the other. Yeah. Yeah. It, one gave you training for the one other. gave me gave me the training wheels to to step into the other. Still still like uh and I'm always 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 still learning. And every single time that I still sit with medicine, I still get nervous. You know, but I think it comes more out of like respect and mm. like wow, like I I this I treat it with as much respect as I can. And, uh, you know, I still get, yeah, nervous and just like you would before you go on a competition platform or you do with this big set, you got a new snatch weight in front of you. You know, if you're not getting, like, I think that that's, you know, part of like the most exciting things in life, you know, excitement, getting nervous, testing yourself, growing. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So whether it's you're, you're going for a snatch PR, uh, or you're, you're, you're sitting in meditation for your first time and it feels foreign like it did for me, <laughs> like, you know, just lear- just learning, uh, how to have a working in practice and active meditation practice. Like I never learned that stuff growing up. Right. And at first you I did was, learn the Pythagorean theorem though. Oh, yes, so, yes. you know, that's coming <laughs> super helpful. During super this. Use, use it every day. <laughs> yeah. Me and me and my circular compass. Uh, but you know, all that stuff, you know, new, especially if it's not culturally a part of what you grew up with, uh, it can be scary and that doesn't make it better or worse. But like, I felt nervous in all those situations. And once I would say like, you start becoming friend, like quote unquote friends with those nerves or the fears, you still get scared, you know, you still get nervous, but you just, uh, maybe there's a little bit more just, um, sitting back, like knowing that this is a normal part of the process. You know, I, I, I like, I'm not going to die, uh, which, you know, the, the first time I competed in powerlifting, it was like, if I missed a lift, I was like, the world's over. And now I'm like, you miss a lift and yeah, it'll suck. And, and, and I really want to get it very badly. My training, I don't want to let, you know, I don't want, uh, I want to do my coaches proud, my family proud, but if you miss, fuck it, like you'll be back, you'll be back tomorrow. You'll be back in the gym the next day. And, you know, it's, it's all a learning process. And I would say, I I think most people will agree. It's like a lot of times we learn more from our failures than we do our victories. And Mm -hmm. the word failure is totally up to you, how you define it. But, uh, if we weren't scared and we weren't nervous at certain things that come up, then like, uh, that's where a lot of the, the juice is. That's where a lot of the, the, the beauty is in life. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Um, when you said earlier, the minute somebody decides that they want to sit with medicine, the journey starts. Um, and I mean, literally and figuratively for, I know ayahuasca, right? There's a dieta. You're actively, I know for me, when I was going through the dieta, it was like every single day was a ritualistic reminder of what I was setting my body up to do. Mm. When I made the conscious decision to, not eat bacon in the morning (laughs) and instead be plant-based for a month or not have coffee or not have sex or do any of these things. You're a thousand percent right. Like the ritual, the ceremony had already started. So if a conversation like this starts to spark someone's interest in plant medicines, what are some of the questions or areas of introspection that you would suggest before someone make that decision? Mm, that's a great question. Um, and I'll also, uh, what comes up to that I'll, that I'll just add to, to what I heard you say is like, I think commitment is a big thing. And so like when that ceremony starts and someone's committed, like I'll try to get as early as commitment as possible so that someone like you're saying can really prepare and foster their intention and all that stuff. Uh, but you know, like, it's a lot about being committed to the process. And what I see is like, as the weeks go on or as it gets closer, there's all these doubts that come up and then Mm -hmm. people start questioning. And then you hear, I don't want to say excuses, but a lot of people want to pull out at the last minute. And that's because it's stirring things up. It's like, it's happening for a reason. And I can't even tell you how many times the day of combo, or I was just serving uh, in a circle, serving my, my partner, Lauren. And as soon as she woke up, she's like, I'm really nauseous right now. <laughs> like, uh, I feel like the medicine is starting and it, and it brings up these things. And so, 
um, you know, the questions of introspection, you know, I, I would just say, you know, what do you really want to get out of this experience? What, what do you really, you know, what are you willing to be curious about letting go? Mm-hmm. You, you know, you use the words like what's serving you and what's not. And it really takes honesty, you know, an honest look at like, you know, what are the things in your life that you're happy with? What are the things that you're not happy with? You know, you may be, and when it comes to intention setting or these questions of introspection, I think having an intention honestly can be very useful, but there's a problem or a potential challenge when, when intention turns into expectation. Mm. And so while I think it'd be very good to like have a direction of what you want to get out of it and explore and that in and of itself is medicine. But when it comes time to sitting, I am a fan or a proponent of also being open to whatever you're, you're meant to, to see and to, and to be shown and to experience, uh, because the medicine is going to do what it, what it needs to do and what it will do. And so if one has this attachment to an expectation of this is my intention and that's what I want to get, the chances are probably higher than, than, than not that you're going to be fighting. Uh, because, you know, it, it has its own uh, innate wisdom within it. And so breathing, relaxing, being open, I think that will serve someone much more than being fixed to an intention or an idea. But anything that gets clarity in terms of why you want to be there, what you want to get out of it, what are you happy with in your life? What are you not happy with? What would you love to change? What could you be better at within your own life? How do you show up for others? You know, I think we can look at it from the internal, which is always where I start recommending and then also how we interact with with those external but any of those questions can can help kind of like get the ball rolling and get someone to start looking inward yeah the difference between intention and expectation is so big Mm. Um, I know that we talked about it earlier but when you serve tape and we all went into this meditation shared our intention and mine at that time was I want to get clarity or get quiet enough to get the answers on what is not serving me anymore and the courage to pursue the things that are to see them through and so I (laughs) went into this ceremony like awesome, I'm going to get this epic download and I'm going to leave tomorrow morning and journal and have it all set (laughs) out. It's going to be awesome. And instead, the medicine was like, no, I'm going to put a situation in front of your face right now that you can prove to yourself, can you overcome it or not? Because that first serving, I like I said, I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die right here in this cabin. I'm done. I'm dead. And for you to show up and be like, are you ready for the second one? It was like the medicine in that moment, at least this was my interpretation of it, was like, this is what you asked for. Mm-hmm. Like you asked to be invited into conflict or invited into something that seems insurmountable and prove to yourself that you can get through it. Um, and so also to add to that intention versus expectation inviting in the openness that though your intention might not look the way you thought it was going to in those moments, it's not that it's not giving you exactly what you asked for. Mm. Um, that's been a tough lesson for me, whether it's medicine or life, that's been a really tough one. Mm. So if people want to learn more about combo, learn more about you, learn more about all that is, I want to say medicine man, Mike, <laughs> man of the medicine. How can they get a hold of you? So best place would be, so I just got a new website up, uh, which is www.mikesalemi.io, not.com. And you can go there and I will be posting uh, how people can contact me there for retreats and combo immersions. I'll be doing uh, focused one-on-one immersions uh, here in my home or somewhere very close to here where it'll be a day to a day and a half experience with meals curated and like, it'll be like awesome. Epic. So let me just tell you from someone who has had many, many meals with Mike, <laughs> it's worth it. It, it, be it. Some of the best ones. It's going to be awesome. And I'm really excited to offer that because like, um, there's so many other things that can be done to help support the opening, the integrations, Thank you.
Alrighty, gang, we had some technical difficulties. Thankfully, you got the bulk of today's show and all of the goodies that Mike had to share. You missed a quick sign off when my technology failed, but I will go ahead and link Mike's Instagram and website and ways to get a hold of him in the show notes. As always, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much love.